Three Brothers Talking, episode something. I forgot to get the number. We nailed that. Yeah. I'm going to say six. That seems right. <laughs> yeah, episode six. You really um, nailed that start, boys. Right again. Andrew, Andrew, go ahead and look up what episode this is while ah. we uh, intro. Jeremy did nail his countdown. We are back to uh, respectfully, re- respectably distanced pods. It's because of that whole variant uh, thing. Because of that whole what? variant thing you know oh yeah it's one, it one of the variants um no it was uh we're all busy this week i oh, think that's what it is you're right so yeah. this would this would be episode 60 oh congrats oh, hey. guys yeah because that was right sort of they call yeah, that the, the golden one, podcast the last one we recorded would have been 59 we should have got gifts for each other yep but we didn't that's a golden so anniversary isn't it i don't know 60 i don't know Man, how am I making I, that okay, up? my sixtieth, I would be eighty-five. Faith would be. Oh yeah, that doesn't sound. You're twenty. You're only twenty-five when you got married. I thought you were older than that. Yeah, you were older than that. Yeah, no, you're older than that. I was. I was twenty-nine. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm gonna say Andrew. Andrew, that'll be Andrew. Yeah, that'd be Andrew. Man, my brain. Gosh, it's been a long day. I'll man. be. Tw- I'll be eighty-three. You said that, be, and I was like, wait, you're older than me, I'll dude. Be, like, I'll be 89. <laughs> I'll be 89. There you go. There you go. I'll be almost 90. Well, uh, this is Three Brothers Talking again, and uh, episode 60, our episode 60 celebration. I'm David. I'm Andrew. I'm Jeremy. And to celebrate, <laughs> to celebrate turning 60, we're going to talk about being depressed. <laughs> wah, wah. Wah, wah. exactly depression isn't that just a really a way to say being really really bummed out uh, I'd that's, that not that. that's not it that's not it depression just cut in the Dwight audio because that was a, that was trash isn't it depression it. isn't that a fancy word for See feeling words. bummed out is that yeah, it? I just okay. I literally just said it before we started. I think it's performance anxiety. That's what you it know, is. The lights the turn, yips. the red light turns on, and yeah. uh, some people a, shrink. Some people I, shrink I, from I, the stage. I shrink in the stage. I need to go back to the back and you just shrink the in curtain the stage. And the props. You Sorry. shrink on the stage or from the stage. We are stages. here. We are here to pick you back up, Jeremy. That's right. right. Now you're making me feel depressed. so we're going to talk about uh depression um slash anxiety slash being bummed out um and dealing with that as as men as christians dealing with that in the lives of people that we love we care about and um this is definitely not going to be a uh an exhaustive podcast it might be exhausting (laughs) Uh, but it is it's yeah i know but it's not exhaustive meaning there will be probably a billion things that we could keep on saying but yeah we'll leave that for another time uh today we're just kind of broaching the topic and um maybe giving just our initial kind of responses to what we do when that comes up so um yeah depression anxiety guys you guys hyped we excited (laughs) <laughs> ready to go 
how on a on a scale of like totally totally inadequate to uh totally adequate how do you how prepared do we feel how qualified do we feel to talk about this that's good that's about what i expected <laughs> i i would say inadequate for me mm-hmm. but i feel inadequate as well yeah so same here <clears throat> um so this will go really well <laughs> let's dive in i read a book about yeah. it once so the reason that this kind of uh, came up is because it's something that, speaking me personally, um, David, I've dealt with um, different layers of it, different times in my life, sometimes more severe, sometimes less severe, um, going back to uh, my high school days and <laughs> didn't... Uh, didn't ever think about it until like six months after I had a friend come to me and say, Hey, I think that you're, you've been depressed for about five or six months. And this was like in the middle of high school. And I was like, Nope. And then I moved on with my life. And then I got older and I was like, Oh, that was that actually probably <laughs> that friend was probably right when he said that to me. Um, because he just had kind of the, uh, the insight to see me uh, being a very uh, cold, turning into just like a, just a not me, a version of not me. Um, so this matters to me, I guess, personally. I've just dealt with it in different ways and different times. And um, so hopefully us talking about it is a means of encouragement to some people. And it's also... This will also be a bit of a first aid type of thing in terms of like, hey, this is what we do when we're battling it, when we feel like we're having a series of weeks or months where we are, um, whether it's clinically depressed or just like a, you know, spiritual depression that we feel like we're in. This is how we, this is kind of what we do to handle it. Mm -hmm. So that's the goal. So this is for, you know, if you've been to, counseling in your life um if you've never had it be quite that big of a deal um if you are somebody that feels like this um you really deal with this a lot versus if you're somebody who's like i don't even think it's real i don't know it's for everybody um that's the goal so when we when we talk about it i mean i I don't have any I've learned in my time that I should just stop being afraid of talking about it. So let me describe, I'll describe sort of, I'll kick it off. You guys just jump in when you want to. So in terms of what it feels like, if I were to describe what it feels like to be depressed, um, it just feels like the color gray to me. Like, everything is kind of gray. There's no, you know, it's not just being like about on the verge of tears all the time. Sometimes it might be for me when I'm going, when I'm not healthy, um, it's just gray. You don't have highs. You don't have lows. You're really just kind of drifting. You're really just not engaged in anything. Um, you feel like you don't enjoy anything. 
you feel like you don't hate anything. Uh, you get a little more irritable. <laughs> That's definitely the case. Um, definitely get angry a little faster. Um, but it's definitely this kind of haze and fog that just kind of settles in to life um, as you go through it. I mean, I don't know. If you guys were to explain it, would you explain it differently? How would you explain anything in this kind of area? Jeremy, you want to go? Or maybe on the anxiety I'm side, to too. I'm mm. trying to think to explain the words that I want to say. So if mm. you have something that you can explain. No, I mean, I... That's where coming into this, like, I... I mean... I don't feel... I don't know... As far as uh, your guys' experience goes, I don't feel like I've struggled as much. Um, kick just him, in this kick him area. off the pod. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where, like, it, it's just weird to, like, think back on those times where, like, maybe I was numb to it mm. or, like, maybe I just didn't realize um, where I could have had uh, a little bit of um, issues or something like that that I just, like, passed over. Yeah. And then I think more so there's definitely been times where I have like uh, come to spiritual depression Hmm. um, where like I've just been numb to my walk and I've been numb to uh, just like allowing, you know, allowing culture or whatever at the time or whatever circumstances just to... um, kind of speak into and then override what what I believed in certain circumstances. So yeah. that I think rings true more than me or more to me. Um because yeah I, I don't I mean I don't really yeah I don't I can't really point to a time where the feelings were like overwhelming. Yeah. Um can let me jump in before Jeremy jumps back in or jumps in and just say like this is uh, the type of discussion that I sort of hate how the culture that we're in now, it sort of feels like it's, <laughs> it sort of feels like it's taboo to, I, I might make some people mad at me for saying this. In terms of the culture at large, it's not taboo to admit that you deal with depression or anxiety. Mm-hmm. It's super common. Uh, with our generation, it's super common. Um, and also, in some ways, it can feel like a badge of honor to wear around. Yeah. Um, in terms of, I don't know. I don't need to get on, get all the way into that road. I'm not trying to diminish anybody who says that they deal with it. Because I just said I deal with it. So, um, yeah. But, but I say that on the other side of, like, somebody else who doesn't feel like they deal with it, they don't need to feel like... They have nothing to say. They don't need to feel like, oh, they're somehow less of a person for not dealing with depression or anxiety. Yeah. It's just, it's just a, it's, it is a thing that happens. And the question of the quality of a person is not whether or not they get depressed or anxious or whatever. The question is whether that happens to you or not. How do you respond? How do you live Mm -hmm. as a person? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Hopefully I hopefully I got across what I was trying to get across there. Um, it's no, not a yeah. ba- it's not a badge of honor and it's not a badge of shame. It's just a thing. Yeah. And you have to you have to deal with it. Um, and that's what determines 
you know, the badge of honor part. Yeah. Is how you deal with it. And that's like, that's tough for me because, like, yeah, I don't have like specific times where I can point to um, where maybe I was just, I was just blind to it throughout, you know, that throughout those experiences. Um, But yeah, it hasn't had those evidences. I don't don't think um, that I can recall jeremy go ahead and hop in here what were you gonna say yeah so i could think of i I mean there's been a lot a season of life a while that definitely battled it to the point of where it didn't it just felt gray but also there were many dark nights where you said there's everything something small and dumb if could only be manageable by christ and also finding ways to do your best to try to find something positive Hmm. um and, and like I've heard Piper Spock speak on it, and Dar- uh, Martin Lloyd Jones talk about it quite often. I think going through those things and being able to cap, I say, okay, this isn't like something Christians don't fight through. I mean, even Charles Spurgeon um, yep. battled very heavily with depression and anxiety, uh, particularly after some. And then you look through life; they typically have some kind of trigger that does it. But when the the trigger point has to be the immediate, okay, here's a trigger, and that automatically happens. They could be yeah. years, decades down the road before mm-hmm. you deal with it to push it through, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It could be something that triggers something that you already should have been dealing with earlier in life. Yeah. Um, um, that's that's a good a good point. It's Sometimes it's gradual. Sometimes it's just delayed. Well, sometimes you just plummet straight down, and you're like, okay, well then... Like I think of the Slough of the Spawn um, with Bogart's Progress um, and yeah. or Psalm 23 with uh, even though I walk through the dark um, through, I want to say dark, scary, lonely places because that's what <laughs> Micah's uh, Psalm 23 found says. Uh-huh. But um, <laughs> a Valley of the Shadow of Death. That's the kids' book version. Yeah. Um, but the Valley of the Shadow of Death, like that's a real thing Christians walk through. Yeah. And, um, but like you said, it's not a badge of honor. You do do it. You don't have to do it. Um, I mean, I think there'll be times where everyone's life where you'll have moments where you feel depressed, but that's not yeah. a season of depression, if that makes Definitely. sense. So they're not yeah. exactly the same thing. Same thing with anxiety. You might have anxious moments without having a full-fledged anxiety, and that's not a good thing, bad yeah. thing, or a different thing. It's just a different battle because we're made and created differently with different tendencies uh, for yeah. sin and weakness. That is one of the things that I've learned from some wise people as I've talked to them in this area is um, everyone in the world has a context for why they need to trust God. Kind of going back to Paul's idea of the thorn in the flesh that God chose to give Paul something in his life that forced him to be weak, that forced him to rely on God. And, um, Everyone in their lives, God will bring them through circumstances where they where they learn that they must do that, <laughs> that they must trust in him. And that's a good thing for us. And sometimes it takes the form of a chronic uh, battling with depression or anxiety. And the other thing I'd say about anxiety is um, often anxiety is, speaking for myself, it's characterized with um often specific um, like huge traumatic events that happened in your past. And then that creates sort of a anxiety trigger going forward in your life. And it sorts of, it creates an attitude of anxiety that can easily set in mm-hmm. later on in life because you've walked through 
you've been through some garbage in your past. And so that's what your body is made to do. Like your body is made to memorize that really tragic event and think about all the factors that led up to it. And then when you encounter any of those in the future, your body begins to try to protect you from having that happen again. And so it kicks you into anxiety because it's like trying to get you to avoid what feels like another tragic event. Um, that's one aspect of one kind of anxiety. That's just what I speak of because that's what I deal with. Um, just based off of, um, I mean, the traumatic, tragic stuff in my past is mainly um, one really big injury I had when I was in high school um, and just kind of how that shifted a uh, view of, uh, I don't know, it just shifted, it shifted everything, shifted everything. Um, and like Jeremy said, that reality didn't really set in for me until like years down the road. And I realized how that had affected me for like a few years and how it needed to be dealt with. Um, hmm. But whether it's, whether it's like a prolonged, emotional like maybe you actually have like a hormonal imbalance that you deal with maybe it is a spiritual depression that comes and goes that absolutely every christian will go through a spiritual depression in their lives whether mm -hmm. it's through whether it's because of a tragedy in their life or it's just because of life numbing you into spiritual depression you're gonna have yeah. you're gonna mm -hmm. have times where you're numb spiritually and so depression beyond that is that that feeling of spiritual numbness that we probably all know, it's whenever that bleeds into like your whole life, that's when you've got to, you know, um, it's metastasized a little bit and gone into other places. So um, when, when you guys are thinking about those situations and I've got a list that I've comprised of over the years, but what do you guys, whenever you're in those situations, you're dealing with anxiety, these thoughts, this anxious thought that is really just, anxiety is like this voice in your head that starts talking and just keeps talking and you just cannot, like you, you cannot get it to shut up, right? Mm -hmm. It's just constantly, because it's just constantly feeding you things to worry about. Um, mm -hmm. it's just constantly like, well, this could happen. That could happen. Oftentimes it's the same thing, right? Your anxiety will kind of center on something specific and it'll, that voice in your head will keep on, keep on. This could happen. This could happen. This could happen. And, um, and so whenever you're dealing with those things, I kind of want to talk about just really simply like, what do you, what do you do when you're in a spiritual depression, depression, when you're in, uh, in emotional depression or anxiety, what are some helpful things you can do to find your way, to fight your way out of it? I mean, my, my biggest thing when I'm dealing, I, I, I'd say it definitely gets to me more on the anxiety end. And when my mind is, you know, racing or worrying or I'm allowing things to fester, then I've tried to make, and this is, I think, uh, been a blessing uh, as well, that it's been apparent to me that I just need to make an effort to stop and pray more. 
Um, yeah. And like, especially like when it gets to like, you know, the nights where I'm restless or um, just can't get my mind to, you know, fall asleep, then it's mm-hmm. like, OK, maybe, you know, that's time where I can be silent and I can be just speaking uh, what's mm-hmm. going on in my head. And I think that's that's huge. It's it's kind of led to big development, you know, like big um you know, just additions to prayer life in general. Yeah. Um, so that's been cool. But uh, that and then just a reminder of like, all right, how much maybe how, how much time have I spent over the last couple of days uh, in scripture? And yeah. how much, you know, how much more do I need to then maybe uh, just take that time and just refocus it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I think you sitting there realizing, because I think so often, especially as guys, you don't want to dwell on it, but also there's a sense where you need to recognize where you are first. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. yeah, you didn't know where you were, but uh, there's uh, a friend of ours <laughs> always said that, uh, well, any mean thing back there, God doesn't love, he loves the future version of you, but he wants to love the where you're at right now. He put you here. Yeah, he, yeah. he loves, he loves you right now. Yeah. Right. He doesn't love the version that has it all worked out. Um, so I come into fact terms with the first thing I've always come in terms of, hey, this is where I am, and I know this isn't right, or I don't want to be here, but I can't get out. And then reaching yep. out first to God and, and also reaching out to those around you. Yep. Um, and realize and, and saying and putting a name to it. Yeah. Um, which may come off odd. It, it'll come off odd because we don't <sighs> All we get now from everyone is a Facebook like, share, comment, Facebook post status, Twitter tweet. <laughs> um, the how you doing good, fine, busy. Yeah. Um, but to actually have a conversation and let someone love you, let someone in, it's going to be the way you can actually get out from any kind of relational standpoint. With If you're married, primarily with your wife, um, good friends um, in both single or married circumstances. Yeah. But through prayer um, and petition, and the moments when you don't feel like praying, you, you try it anyway. Um, <laughs> almost force yourself to like like medicine. Um, sometimes medicine doesn't taste good. Most most medicines don't taste good, um, but you have to take it. Um, uh, That's where yeah. yeah, like you you get those. I mean, I definitely have those late nights where like it's a struggle to remain focused and to pray and like yeah. continue to where like the mind just wants to go elsewhere but you well, have it wants to, to just, worry it wants to worry yeah, yeah. and that's where it, it is a task that you have to basically train Redirect your mind your thoughts and yeah. minds yep um and like that's where you labor to just okay. try to try to bring it before the lord uh as yeah. best you can yeah i was gonna say Something that you guys, both of you guys brought up with two things on my list. And Jeremy, the, I want to expand on you saying, like, put a name to it. I think you have to. I've seen the biggest changes in my life happen the fastest when I am willing to admit what's going on. Um, not confess it because it's not, you know, it's not necessarily a sin. So I don't need to confess sin, you know, but I need to admit to my wife to my friends, to you guys, to um, one of my fellow pastors, I need to be able to admit, hey, I don't feel like myself. I mm-hmm. feel um, 
you know, I'm feeling this anxiety like creeping in. Um, mm-hmm. There is an immense amount of freedom in just putting a name to it and saying it to somebody out out loud. Yeah. Because one of the things that that is horrible for depression and anxiety, but it's also one of the things that it does to you is its isolation. It wants you to be isolated. Like depression and anxiety, not only do they grow because of isolation, like this is scientifically proven, even if you're an introvert, even if you're an extrovert, um, it is scientifically proven that isolation creates an amount of depression, anxiety in people. Um, a few episodes back, I was talking about that show alone. You see it in there. Like in within like 20 days, these people are doing fine, but a bunch of them quit on this show alone just because they're, they're, they get incredibly depressed all of a sudden and they have to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's a scientific fact. Again, for, for introverts or extroverts, you know, you, you need, don't be isolated. Admit what's going on. Admit it to somebody. If you've got nobody else, then admit it to a Christian counselor. Um, maybe do both. I've, I have done both. I do do both. Um, and admit it and find freedom in the fact that it's okay to say out loud. It's okay to tell somebody I'm depressed. It's okay to tell somebody anxiety is like running my life. It's okay to tell somebody I'm just like spiritually depressed right now. It's okay to say that to somebody. Um, Say that to somebody who's going to encourage you, not going to look at you funny, um, and take that chance and do it. Um, I know that sometimes it's scary, but just do it. Like I I have, um, I've never regretted doing that. I've gotten better at doing that with more and more people. The worst case scenario is people just like literally look at you funny for half a second and they act like it didn't happen because they don't know how to deal with it. Yeah, and that's like yeah. that's like not a bad worst case scenario. <laughs> right. Um, if that's the worst case scenario, it's fine because the normal scenario is they at least pray for you. The best case scenario is that you found a friend who's really going to help like take care of you. Um, so, yeah, don't listen to the fear that says, like, I have to handle this on my own. Um move in, move in to move out of isolation. And, um, well, it's like everything, everything yeah. dwells, everything compounds when you're isolated. Yep. Um, when you are isolated or not seeking help from anything, you're just kind of in your own world. Um, which is one reason why the past few years, past year and a half has been so detrimental for people with depression and anxiety. You're right. isolating yourselves in so many other different ways and physically that, it's we have other mental health epidemics like you need community like we're built yep, yeah to be communal creatures uh god created us with community in mind yeah yeah that's just a it's a testament to like not put up walls and let people in and then also a testament to like do you have people in your life that could actually like basically call you out uh and just be transparent with you of like hey I'm kind of seeing, you know, I'm seeing this in you and like, you know, do you have those people around you that can like be a wake up call to you and speak into your life? Um, because that's also something that, you know, is key. Yeah. Do the hard work and take the risk of making a friend that will know you well enough to like tell you yeah. to tell you, I think you're not doing well. Um, 
Another, and even go ahead. Even better if that's uh, like a fellow believer. 100%. If that's a fellow, a, a person from you know maybe you're plugged into your church body and stuff, and you have accountability with someone. Uh, yep. In that sense, yeah. Another thing I want to say is depression is not a sin in and of itself. It's not always caused by sin, but if you are depressed, if you are anxious, you should address sin in your life. Um, Mm -hmm. And you should be wary of the fact that potentially, um, just to use an example that's very black and white, if you were sleeping with a girlfriend every night and then you start to get depressed and anxious, maybe the cause is the sin. You know, maybe the cause is the habitual sin and how that's distancing you from God. Um, Mm -hmm. I just use that example because it's the most... I feel like it's the like, oh, you start to get depressed and anxious. You're going to get found out. You start to lose. You start to get numb. Well, it's probably because of this big sin thing, man. Like, it's, yeah, you know, it's probably well, it. even you go back through scripture. Like, um, or at least that's a big part of it. Yeah. Well, you can think back to not even like that example, but even something like um, it says, like, do you not despise or like as men and husbands, like uh, your prayers will be hindered if you are mean to your wife. Um, yeah. So that's a addressing sin right there or even you have the psalms versus the bones that you have broken um are like you heal the bones you've broken and i'm butchering yeah. the verse but all those are moments where we should be addressing the sin and discipline of god regardless because that could be a byproduct for the depression it could be the means of repentance yeah god could there. be doing it god could be doing it as discipline um could be he could I think also, it's also he, do could and stress the could. Exactly. And here's the other side of addressing sin. If you're not sinning, do not feel guilty. Right. If you look at your life and if this is where having somebody else, because when you're depressed, when you're anxious, you're not a great judge of your own life. This is where having somebody else is helpful. If you look at your life and you say, I don't think, I don't think I've strayed a whole lot. I, I don't think I'm doing something horrible. And then somebody else who's godly looks at it and says, yeah, you're right. Then, okay, don't feel guilty. Don't listen to shame. Don't feel like less of a Christian now, right? Like, Mm -hmm. that's the other side of addressing sin, is if you're not living in sin, yet you still feel bad, don't listen to the lies that will tell you that you you are sinning or something, you know? That's where you have to just stop listening to those lies. And part of depression, part of anxiety... And part of beating it is just deciding that you want to be, that you're done with it, mm-hmm. that you're not listening. You're not going to live by the lies anymore. Um, especially anxiety, especially anxiety. You, you just, when the, when the lies pop into your head, you just decide I'm just not going to listen to lies anymore. Um, that's easier said than done. It's not that simple. There's a lot that goes into it. Um, We'll link to some books that I that I have found incredibly helpful on sort of retraining your brain and all that. But that's still mm-hmm. that's still like I just read the book Paralandra. In the book Paralandra, Ransom, the main character, is trying to save a planet from having a fall, like in the Garden of Eden. He's there to be the good voice. There's an evil character that's there to be the bad voice in the in the hypothetical Eve that's on this planet. And at one and Ransom argues with this other character over and over and over again. And the other character keeps on just being able to outsmart him and outwit him. 
or he just doesn't care when he's disproven. Mm. And then at one point, Ransom just decides, I have to just kill this person. <laughs> I have to just smash the head of the snake, so to speak, right? Like, he realizes it's not about arguing. It's not about reasoning out of this. This is just evil. It's just a lie. And it has to just be done. Um, mm-hmm. And that's where it starts. Um, like I said, there's a lot more to it. Um, and it's not just willpower. Your answer to getting out of depression and anxiety is not just try harder. Um, your answer is your answer is often to be comfortable with being weak. Being be be comfortable with living with a limp. Like, like I just go back to what Paul says, just a passage that gives me a lot of comfort. When he says he pleaded for a thorn in the flesh to go away, we don't really know what it was, but we know the lesson that's being taught there is that God puts things in your life. He puts something in the life of Paul that made Paul rely on him. Paul had Mm -hmm. no choice but to rely on God. Otherwise, Paul might not feel a need to pray that much. He might not feel a need to rely on God when he preaches. He might not Mm -hmm. feel that need. And so your answer is not just try harder, but your answer is... It starts with, it's okay that I'm not a perfect person. It's okay yeah. that I, it's okay that I'm weak. It's okay that I have to rely on God. It's okay that I have to pray. It's okay that I have to do this. And by God's strength, I mean, what does Paul say? When I'm weak, when I can accept being weak in myself but strong in Christ, then I'm strong. Then mm-hmm. I can overcome the thorn in the flesh. Not so long as I want to do it on my own, but when I'm okay with God overcoming it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you you have to, you have to, I mean, it's, the other thing that I want to say, like one of them is like, make sure, <laughs> this is really shallow, but like make sure you're exercising, make sure you're sleeping. Exercise, sleep, can, yeah, diet. E- yeah, exercise, sleep, and diet are huge for your mental state. Um, mm-hmm. This is scientific fact for human beings. And if you're listening to this, you're you're probably a human being. So it is sleep, exercise, diet. Before you go to medication, you should check out those things. Um, they are universally good for people <laughs> to handle those things. Um, the last thing I want to say um, is a lesson I'm still learning. One of the best ways to fight is to lean into enjoying life more. What depression tries to do and what anxiety tries to do is just kill your enjoyment of things, the things God has given you to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Lean into enjoying those more. Especially the very things that they are, that depression and anxiety are trying to take away. When, when anxiety is trying to tell you to worry about um, your relationship with your wife. Like maybe, maybe you're somebody that struggles with um, like, oh, like my marriage might fall apart. It might crumble. One of the best ways for you to fight that is to lean more into your marriage. And not in terms of like, oh, I want to obsess over it and keep it protected. Lean into it in terms of enjoying it. Yeah. You know, like enjoy it. Enjoy life. Enjoy the gifts God gives you. Fight fight depression and anxiety with joy. 
joy mm-hmm. in God's creation, joy in what he's giving. Everything from the simple things of enjoying a walk around your neighborhood and seeing the trees and stuff to, hey, you like, uh, I like baseball, enjoy it, you know, <laughs> or reading or fill in the blank, like these hobbies and stuff, throw yourself into enjoying them. Um, and the same with scripture. Don't just read scripture of like, oh, I need to get out of depression. Read scripture and try to enjoy it. Um, that's one of the biggest weapons. I don't know. Jeremy, can you talk about that at all? Or uh, I mean, I think you summarized it pretty well, David. I mean, I think leaning in, cause it, as typically when you run in the seasons, you want to, um, like I said, isolate and lean out. Um, yeah. Just to get away from it all. Uh, and that's everything. So even things you enjoy or used to hold dear are going to be temptations to not necessarily mm-hmm. enjoy uh, or even do. Um, yep. Like I know for me, I had to force, it was a hard time. I loved working out or other thing or, and work um, got stressful too, but like leaning into things you do enjoy, even if it's easy, you don't really want to, to get back to, okay, I did enjoy this. Like if it's working out, um, what did you enjoy about working out? Um or in setting minor goals, small goals, a daily goal, I think it was something that helped me a lot to say, okay, like I'm going to make one decision today. If it's only one decision today, if it's something as simple as I'm going to do the laundry or I enjoy getting something done or being productive, or I'm going to go just take a walk around the neighborhood. Yeah. Setting small goals. I think for every lots of things in life, small goals, tangible goals to be able to point back to and say, Hey, I did one thing today for myself or two that I enjoyed. And yeah. revel in the fact that God gave you the ability to do those things. Yeah. Um, whatever that is. But it's too it's easy to neglect it's much easier to neglect those things and just stay numb. Yeah. Um, or just go down the rabbit hole of well, of it all. And I just this has been pressed into me more and more over the last few years. Like I just think one of the ways that we fight the enemy and one of the ways that we one of the ways that we like have an impact on this world as Christians is just to like be joyful. And like, it says the joy of the Lord is their strength. Um, and it's okay to pray for that when you're in seasons where you feel like you don't have any, you know, to pray, God, just give me the joy of the Lord. Even if you don't know exactly what that means. Um, and if you're somebody that, I don't know, if you're somebody that hasn't really dealt with certain aspects of depression or anxiety, the advice I just gave of like enjoying things might sound kind of weird. Um, it might sound kind of shallow, I don't know, or simple. And in a way it is a really simple idea, but it's just sort of a recognition that God made us as whole people, mm-hmm. you know, and he made us, um, not just to study theology, but also to enjoy the creation that he made, that he also made. And this is one of the things that's great about the Reformed tradition, like the way that they restored the understanding that a plumber can glorify God as much as a priest can or a pastor can, right? And at the same time, like, I don't know, I just feel like there's a carryover into this sort of discussion where it's like, you can fight those things as much by, I don't know, watching a movie that really makes you laugh and really like giving yourself to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can fight it that way. 
because you're choosing like to enjoy the good gifts God has given you. Um, and as weird as that might sound, it does bring, that is a victory in itself just to enjoy things. What about really, really quickly, what would you do to care for somebody um, in your life if you see this going on? I would say start I, by start by praying for him. That's really easy. Yeah, yeah but well, and also listening and being yep. there. I think that's the cliche: just be there with someone, but actually listen, actually try to meet and make the effort because they necessarily yeah. won't be making the effort to do it. Yeah, I, yep. I think the effort to basically try to get them like because a lot of people obviously are going to put up walls and not want to open up, yeah, and, or like not necessarily know that you. Are, are open to that yeah um so that's where like make the effort to speak into each other's lives and like not as an aggressive way of just like you know yeah but just like say yeah but like just like being open to like that that basically plays out of like just periodically checking in with them yeah you know, like hey how are you doing and you know like how you know how are things going um how are you feeling about certain things and stuff? Yeah. So I think that that's the best way to get a read on, Yeah. you know, people being willing to open up and then you being willing to speak in and then pray for. Yep. Yeah, that's good. I, some of the, some of the tests that have, uh, texts over my lifetime that have meant the most to me, um, came at times when I was feeling good, but I still just had people in my life randomly text me and just check in on that. And I was just like, oh, that's kind of cool that they were thinking like they know this is a big enough deal that they would, you know, randomly text me that just to make sure everything is OK. Um, and then I know that going forward, if I am having a bad time, I know that that's a person I can go to because um, they've demonstrated that they they care about it. And they care about me. Um, so, yeah, hopefully this was uh, encouraging to people as they listen and. There's a lot more to talk about with it. Um, a couple books that are really good um, for everybody to read. It's only a hundred pages long, and Jeremy turned me on to it, I think. And it's called "Christians Get Depressed Too" by David Murray. It's mm-hmm. really good. It's a really good, quick understanding clinically of what depression is, and also the spiritual aspects of it for the Christian, and some first aid stuff. Christians yeah. Get Depressed Too, really good. It's only a hundred pages long. Um, if you are somebody that is depressed or anxious and you're really struggling, um, a book that I read at a time when I was really struggling is called, I'm not supposed to feel like this. I think, where's that? Yes. It's behind me on the wall. I'm not supposed to feel like this is the name of the book. Um, it's written by Christians. It kind of is more of like, it's almost like a workbook as you read through it. It sort of trains you and helps you. Uh, helps your brain heal, you know. Um, I thought it was really helpful along with uh, other things I was doing in life. So those two books are really, really good. Um, like I said, one of them is only 100 pages, so you've got no reason not to read it because it won't take you that long. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, you guys got a recommendation for this episode? I would say recommendation. Going off what you said, um, books are great. Um, be intentional. Build relationships now beforehand um and also find connections that can help after that i guess some more 
counseling counseling is something that might be needed. Yeah. Um, so finding someone who knows, like, especially if you're close to your pastor, I'm sure they can recommend a good biblical counselor or someone else, you know, yeah. um, which is why relationships are key. Cause if you trust the people with this kind of information that you're going to go to counseling, which has a stigma in and of itself, um, wrongfully so, but yeah, that kind of thing I think is important. Yeah. Um, yeah. You got to get over that a little bit. Um, change. It was, I don't know quite what my life would look like if I didn't go to counseling. So Likewise. it's good. <laughs> it's good. Um, good Christian counseling. I'll say good mm. Christian biblical counseling, um, is really good. So don't let that be a, uh, don't just like ignore that. So anybody got a recommendation that's not depressing? I've been reading, um, C.R. Wiley's, um, Household and War for the Cosmos, and it's pretty ah, good. Okay, pretty darn. Pretty that's probably a, that's probably a podcast topic right there. I'm hoping it, it's it's good. I like their I like him as he speaks. I like their the theology podcast is good. Yeah, um, so, they got some smart, the got some smart guys on there. Yeah, um, that's a collection yeah, of very it's smart guys. Pretty easy to read. Pretty straightforward. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm enjoying good that. Pick. I mean, I've only read like three chapters, but the first three are good. There you go. Good pick. Good pick. Well, uh, with that, I think we'll wind things down. Um, Andrew, how'd we do? I think pretty good. We All didn't right. do that last episode, by the way. Andrew I snuck it in. Okay. I, I did. Oh, I Andrew it. always finds a way to, to sneak it in. You don't even listen to me, man. I, I just, you know. <laughs> Sorry. That, may, that makes me depressed. No. Yeah, I know. Isn't um, that just a fancy word for being really, really bummed out? <laughs> Uh, uh, he got that one. Got he got that, got that one. Yeah, and uh, you know what? Maybe another topic we'll do. We'll tease another episode. Is uh, spiritual depression slash spiritual dryness, spiritual drought, is maybe another topic coming out. I just feel like teasing. We teased one last time. Let's tease <laughs> we could just one, do potential you know? other episodes. We'll probably talk about like the NFL and sports in another episode at some point down the road. Maybe we not. Teasing. We might need a uh, a lighthearted one to palate cleanse a little bit we did two serious ones so yeah well uh thanks for listening please share this episode this podcast with people who might like it um yeah there you go until next time here we go see ya see ya